Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today, my friend? Dan, I'm doing great on this wonderful Tuesday. Glad to you, be here. Yes, today. clearly you're very excited at this early morning excited. hour, which is terrific. Uh, yeah, I, I tell you, I was uh, in the gym yesterday crushing it, man. Had a good time in the gym yesterday, and I haven't done a Rough Cuts episode in a long time. But yeah. just a quick tip for you if you're at that. I've been at it under the steel since I'm 13. I'm 44 mm-hmm. years old. And drop sets, that's the key. I'm telling you, you want to pack on the muscle as soon as possible in the shortest amount of time, folks. Drop sets. You're out of the gym in 20 minutes to a half an hour. They stink while you're doing them. You know what a drop set is, Joe? Say you're doing like a bench press, the most yeah. uh, you know popular exercise in the world. You know bench. Up in New yeah. York, it was like, what do you do for legs? I bench. What do you do for forearms? I bench. Everybody benches in New York, mm-hmm. right? But you do a set. You take like 15 breaths. You do a second set, 15 breaths, a third set, a fourth set, a fifth set. Boom, you're done. Man, you walk out of the gym absolutely smoked. I woke up today like this. Oh, and I've been at it for a long, long time. That stuff works. Knew that part right, was listen, coming, um, Yeah. No, it, it works. I'm telling you, man. You can pack on muscle quick. I've got a lot to get to today, including a follow-up on yesterday's big tech tyranny story. Oh. James O'Keefe, Project Veritas, blows the doors off Google's partisanship and discrimination against conservatives. And how mm-hmm. does Google and YouTube respond? By discriminating further against the content showing YouTube, Google discrimination. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up i also have a potentially revelatory explosive story about mike flynn and the flynn case that's gonna blow your mind so don't go anywhere all right today's show brought yes good today's show brought to you by buddies at filter by if you get the feeling allergy season is getting longer and longer it is believe it or not the midwest is seeing anywhere from a week to a month longer last month north carolina made the news with a pollen blanket that covered the state Get relief by doing something as simple as changing your air filters in your HVAC system. It's good for your lungs. It's good for your HVAC system. I just had to get two more new new units Excuse me, in the other place. You got to change those filters out. It's super simple. Go to filterby.com. Plug in the sizes you need. Schedule your filter deliveries when you want. Change them every quarter like I do. They have over 600 sizes made right here in the USA. You need a custom size? They'll make that for you too. Easiest thing you can do to give yourself some relief and extend the life of your furnace. Don't let your furnace, your HVAC unit blow out. Change those air filters. Fix your lungs. Fix your system. That's filterby.com. Filterbuy.com. Filterbuy.com. Tell them Dan Bongino Show sent you. All right, let's go. I'm trying to coordinate there. Nice. I get a lot of complaints from viewers when I don't get that absolutely right. So, astonishingly, we... um, we covered this story yesterday, the breaking news from Project Veritas, James O'Keefe's yeah. group, where they have a Google insider on camera talking about the mechanics by which they suppress conservative Republican-leaning content on their platforms. Google, the search engine, YouTube. Not only that, the Google insider hysterically tells O'Keefe in the video, 
that they're also suppressing right-wing content like Dave Rubin. Dave Rubin. Now, some of you listening may not understand how ridiculous what I just said is Mm. because some of you may not know the excellent Dave Rubin who does a good job, by the way. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, Dave Rubin is a liberal. Mm-hmm. Now, why do I call Dave Rubin excellent? You know, we're we're at ideological combat with these people all the time because Dave Rubin is a very open minded liberal who is consistent, doesn't treat conservatives like garbage, actually treats them quite well, has them on his show, will debate them in the most fair and open of manner. He's very cordial. And Dave Rubin will defend conservatives when conservatives get attacked by outlets like YouTube. Dave Rubin's been at it with Jordan Peterson for a very long time, but it's hysterical that the Google executive says, in other words, Google's so dumb on the inside and so misguided in their policies that they say they're attacking right-wingers like Dave Rubin, who is a liberal. He's a liberal. Oh, God. Get your... Surgically extract your head, please, from your rectum, Google and YouTube. So... James O'Keefe tweeted this out yesterday. Again, astonishingly, they do this expose on Google and YouTube discriminating against conservatives, and then they discriminate against the video by pulling it down. O'Keefe tweeted, as you can see in the scene on our YouTube account, uh, youtube.com slash Bongino. We we appreciate your subscriptions there, despite the fact that YouTube demonetizes us all the time there. Breaking, YouTube Google has removed our Google investigation as it was approaching 50,000 likes and a million views. Please download it on BitChute and B-I-T-C-H-U-T-E in case you and repost it. Sometimes I say things like Vox and people think I said Fox. So there's the tweet from James O'Keefe. Amazingly, and now in an effort to make this story (laughs) You're funny, dude. In an effort to make this story go away, they are engaging in more ideological discrimination by deleting the video from the YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not going to work. I want to talk about two specific things here because this is one of the more critical stories of our time with this 2020 election coming up. If they are going to do this against conservatives, Google is unquestionably going to impact the electoral outcome in the United States by their efforts to discriminate against our content. First, what are they hiding? Now, I wasn't going to play another cut of this today, but since Google and YouTube decided to engage in this discriminatory effort to delete the content, I'm going to play another bit of Project Veritas's video. Hat tip, Project Veritas. This is one of their Google engineers who, you know, wrote this this kind of mea culpa thing today, Joe, this lady Jen Janai saying, mm-hmm. well, you know, they took this stuff out of context. Uh, really? We're pretty, she didn't deny what she said. This is her talking about Google's definition of what fairness is. And by the way, fairness is never fair to Trump supporters. Play that card. Our definition of fairness is one of those things that we thought would be like obvious and everybody would agree to. And it wasn't. Like there are the same people who voted for the current president do not agree with our definition of fairness. Fairness is a dog whistle. It does not mean what you think that it means. And you have to apply double think in order to understand what they're really saying and what they're really saying about fairness is that they have to manipulate their search results so that it gives them their political agenda that they want and so they have to rebias their algorithms so that they can uh they can get their agenda across so ladies and gentlemen in other words 
common English terms that have a perfectly easily understandable definition and defined mm-hmm. context like fairness mm-hmm. don't really mean what you think they mean when it comes to Google. Their definition of, quote, fairness, according to this lady, Jen Janai, that works for Google, their definition of fairness is one that Trump supporters won't like. Well, why would that? That means by definition, right, that People who don't support Trump would probably like this term fairness. Mm. What does that mean? Well, as the insider clearly explains to Mr. O'Keefe there, that means that they are going to bias their search terms. Like I said yesterday, you're looking for Hillary Clinton's emails. You're going to get stories that have nothing to do with the email scandal. Meanwhile, you Google Donald Trump's emails and you're going to get negative stories associated to Donald Trump, even though those terms clearly during the campaign Donald Trump's emails, Hillary Clinton's emails would clearly, based on the overwhelming number of searches, lead to different places. Mm-hmm. Google is influencing the election. This is an important story. This is a monster story. Now, I want to bring this up for a couple of reasons. Number one, Google's efforts to suppress the story are leading clearly now to what we call the Streisand effect, something I've covered before. Um, Some of you are old enough to remember this. Barbara Streisand in the day asked a photographer to not take pictures of her house. Well, what's known now as the Streisand effect was, well, what happened after that? Well, her efforts to ask them not to take pictures of her house led to an explosion of photographers doing what, Joe? Taking pictures pictures of her house house. (laughs) (laughs) in defiance of her clear request for them not to. Right. I have to, Joe and I both, have to deal with the Streisand effect often. Yep. Uh, matter of fact, I was talking to Paula yesterday about this. Uh, what do I mean? Google, in their efforts to make the story, story go away, is actually making the story worse. If they would just let this play out, issue some response, Joe, and correct the problem, the story would die. But mm-hmm. Google won't do that, because I'm going to get to this in a second. They live in this insulated corporate culture where I believe Google actually thinks they're on the right side of this, despite being tech tyrants yeah. at this point. Yeah, I agree they, with you. They're yep. in this bubble. Yeah. yeah. Now, the, the problem is, and what Joe yeah. and I have to deal with often is, when you're in the conservative, uh, what do you call it, like uh, a content space, I, I try yeah. not to use these unnecessarily sophisticated terms for, you're a talker. Your opinion, you're on your opinion, me, Ben Shapiro, Mark Levin, you know, Hannity, Rubin on the liberal side. We produce content which people consume. There are always going to be people that attack you, and it happens often. And ladies and gentlemen, I sometimes I have a thick skin, sometimes I don't. Some things bother me, some things don't. Right. Um, you know, but there are some things that really get under my skin, and you have to fight this tendency of the Streisand effect to go after these people. There's a friend of mine who does this all the time Mm -hmm. and he winds up like promoting their content. You have to sometimes just let things go, even though you know they're wrong. Some things have to be fought back on. And that's why on the show, I don't waste your time every day. And I try not to do it to bring up all these spats I get into on email and Twitter with liberals. Because I'm not going to waste your time either. I'm just going to draw your attention to stupidity. Google, you would think a big company with some of the finest minds in the world. There's no question about it. Their technological capabilities are unbelievable or else we wouldn't be having this conversation, Joe. Google cannot seem to figure this out. The Streisand effect. Your efforts from... Here's an analogy for you. It's like trying to hold a beach ball underwater. Don't see the beach ball. Don't see the beach ball. Don't see the beach ball. Eventually, you get tired of doing that, and the inertia of the beach ball pushes it up and explodes it out of the top of the water, and everybody can see it. You can't 
hold the beach ball down. Everybody knows what you're doing, Google. The insider there clearly laid out what the term fairness means, which clearly means unfairness. Your your uh, corporate employee there, Janai, clearly laid out how f- your definition of fairness is going to be contradictory to what someone who supported Trump would think, hence mm-hmm. meaning it's unfairness. Stop trying to suppress the story. You are going to continue to drop the L on this. There is going to be some corporate, eventually some corporate competition that is, you know, it may take a while, but the mainstream media never saw this coming either. And then you had Roger Ailes and Fox News that came in and said, hey, I got this idea. Let's do a news channel that appeals to the 50% of America that doesn't want liberal spin. Boom. They're number one for the last, what, 20 years? It will happen. You guys will be competed out of business. Take the L. You lost on this. You lost on this story. Stop putting the beach ball underwater. Let the Veritas videos be seen. Let the public on your platform make its own decisions. The story's not going to go away. Ladies and gentlemen, I kid you not, I was not going to talk about this again today. Until I heard, saw that tweet from James O'Keefe saying that Google and YouTube want this to go away. And listen, subscribe to our YouTube. They're gonna, don't worry, they're going to demonetize this anyway. I don't care. It's about getting the ideas out there, and I wish YouTube would see it the same way. Joe, you and I on the show have actually been defenders of YouTube's ability in the corporate space to dictate yep. their own corporate policy. Yes, we have. Despite yes, we the have. fact that they constantly attack us. Right. Now it's up to YouTube to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Allow material that doesn't reflect positively on your company and show us your commitment to openness. What, what, what are you guys in the gulag now? You're only going to let uh, positive information on your site? Ridiculous. Second... It's time for them to, so first is the, the first takeaway is the Streisand effect. It's devastating. Mm-hmm. The Streisand effect is real. It's like posting on social media. Do not read this article about me. It's awful. Next thing you know, everybody clicks on the article. <laughs> yeah. The writer of the article winds up laughing all the way to the bank. Second, we have these eureka moments, by the way, at times, in, co- in these corporate uh, business and even government bubbles where sometimes people have someone who comes in and says, you know, look, Eureka, you know, these shout that when they found uh, gold sometimes. Eureka, you need these Eureka moments, right? Eureka moments where this corporate structure at Google, which is so insulated and bathed in liberal thought, it's so bathed in it that they don't, they have no outside perspective. It's like the Truman mm-hmm. Show. It's like everybody around them is acting around the CEO and the CEO doesn't realize it because they're all liberals. You have yeah. to sometimes pop the bubble and see a different way, a different approach. You get what I'm saying? The approach now at yeah. YouTube and Google is clearly not working. It's not working. You are going to become subjected to government regulations, which even I don't support. And it right. is going to be devastating to your company. You need someone to come in there and say, guys, ladies, we are not going to do this anymore. We are not going to discriminate on search. We're not going to discriminate on YouTube. We are going to let conservatives do it. And what do I mean by this? You need outsiders. And this was the gift of Trump in the 2016 election. He took this traditional political model, focus group tested, talking groups, all these talking points, and he basically threw it out the window and said what came to mind. Was it always phrased perfectly? No, obviously not. But it, the, the public who were not used to seeing this type of politician then supported Trump. Eureka. They are going to need a Eureka moment. 
Or a moment where somebody comes in there and explains to them that this isn't working. Our efforts to suppress the other side are actually emboldening the other side and generating more stories about what we're trying to suppress. I thought about two quick things. Um, One of them is a personal story. Forgive me. I'll get to that in a second. But another one, just a quick one is, you know, I'm a big baseball fan. I I don't watch much anymore. It's too long. And I I just don't have the time with show prep. But I love baseball. I, I played baseball in high school. I just love, love, love the sports. America's game. And I always think of Charlie Lau and Walt Riniak. You know, baseball, for those of you who are fans, you probably know those names. For those of you who aren't, you may not know the names, but the story's interesting nonetheless. They had this revolutionary theory at hitting. It's kind of like the Moneyball example I used last week. It reminds me again of Trump and Google's need for outsiders like Trump to shake up their corporate culture. Riniak and Charlie Lau had this theory about hitting that you should swing basically at a down angle to hit the ball. And Riniak was a proponent of when you swing, letting go of the bat with one hand for a follow through. Joe, people thought Mm -hmm. this was the dumbest thing ever. They were like, what are you crazy? You can't let go of the bat with one hand. And why would you want to cut down on the ball? Cut down. You're going to just hit the ball into the ground all the time. Well, it turns out after years of Charlie Lau and Riniak producing hitters like Robin Ventura, Wade Boggs, who subscribed to some of his theories. You had Frank Thomas. You had others who were coached by them who became world-class hitters. All of a Mm -hmm. sudden, people were like, hey, you know what? The quickest way to the ball from up here to down there is the angle downward. And they were right. They were right. And But it took this revolutionary approach to the game. I thought about this story. um, When I was a young Secret Service agent, we went to this factory in Youngstown, Ohio. And we didn't have enough personnel at the time and cops to secure this whole factory. I'll leave out specifically where, but you may be able to figure it out. I've told some details of this story before. And again, it's not a self-celebratory moment, but it's an example of how outside of the box thinking works. We could not secure the whole factory. It was a it was a complex manufacturing facility that had sophisticated tools, tools that would be very dangerous if President Obama showed up. We didn't secure. You know, you know what I'm saying? You don't want people with knife type things and nail gun types around the prey. They could be used as weapons, not just tools. But we didn't have the we did not have the personnel to secure the whole facility. It was enormous. So I saw these big steel crates of car parts that look like, I mean, monster steel crates of parts and steel. And I had this idea. I said, I'm not sure we had done it before. I said, how about we build this box within a box? In other words, if he's going to speak right here, how about we just put these car parts up and build like a a box, a a facility within the facility? Mm -hmm. And the the owners of the place were like, well, the, the managers were like, yeah, we can do that. And it turned out to be a great backdrop, too, because it made it look very industrial, yeah. you know, car yeah. parts and boxes of it. And it, we did not have to secure the rest of the place the way we would have done it. We still had to secure it, but the way we would have done it if it was all open. Mm-hmm. These people need outside-of-the-box thinkers. I cannot encourage you strongly enough to bring people on board who are not insulated in your liberal corporate culture now who are going to drive your company into the ground over the long term. You're making a huge, huge mistake. You are alienating 50% of America. And sooner or later, this is going to have a very severe corporate consequence for both you and your shareholders. Big, big mistake. All right, don't go anywhere. I got a, uh, my my next story is, (laughs) I have this labeled, actress pulls a dipsy do 
Wait till you see this. This actress who was so clearly lying to you on her Twitter account yesterday got burned so bad by Caleb Paul. I got the pictures to prove it. Stay tuned. All right, today's show also brought to you by buddies at NetSuite. Listen, if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. But the problem growing businesses have that keeps them from knowing their numbers is this hodgepodge mishmash of business systems. Some that don't work together are a mess. They have one system for accounting, another for sales, another for inventory, so on and so on. It's a big, inefficient mess taking up too much time and too many resources, and that hurts your bottom line. Introducing NetSuite by Oracle, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business is an easy-to-use cloud platform, giving you the visibility and control you need to grow Paula loves this system. She's a NetSuite fan. With NetSuite, you have time. Uh, you save time, money, and unneeded headaches by managing sales, finance, and accounting orders and HR instantly from your desktop or your phone. Who's better than you if you're a business owner? That's why NetSuite is the world's number one numero uno cloud business system. Right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights with the free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits at netsuite.com slash Bongino. That's netsuite.com slash Bongino. Get your free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits at netsuite.com slash Bongino. Check it out today. Thousands of the best known brands and fastest growing companies use NetSuite to manage their businesses. And now it's available to you. Go check it out. Okay. This is another one of those stories. I wake up in the morning and I'm like, what liberal garbage can we debunk today? This was so easy. We have a couple stories up at the show notes at Bongino.com. Matt Palumbo wrote a story on it. Uh, but this act- this actress, apparently she's a soap opera actress, whatever it may be. She decided it would be a good idea to tweet out some photos, taking a shot. You can see this article at the Daily Caller, by the way, covering it as well. Taking a shot at the Trump administration's immigration policies. So inside, you can see in the Daily Caller piece, it's up at the show notes. Please read it again, Bongino.com. You subscribe to my email list. I'll send them to you. By Virginia Cruda. Soap actress crops out the timestamp to blame Trump for, quote, torture. That happened under Obama. This, Eureka! And she's the, <laughs> doubling down on this. This is So here are the pictures she posts to her Twitter account. Oh. And notice in the upper left-hand corner of the picture yeah. what you don't see, which is an actual timestamp. Here's picture number one. Wow, that's... Sound that looks kind of terrible. You have people in those those yeah. foil blankets in an immigration facility. Wow, you know that's tough. I mean, you know, we don't. No one wants to see that. All right, you see this other picture. People sleeping on the floor in these aluminum blankets. Now look, hold on, keep this picture up. If you can see this in the, on our YouTube.com, if not, I'll explain to you for the audio audience. Just know this: in the upper left hand corner, it's a bunch of uh, of people who are who are detained in an immigration facility here illegally, who are in those aluminum foil blankets who are sleeping mm-hmm. on the floor. But in the upper left hand corner, you'll. See, there's a little tiny sliver of black there, but you can't really see what it is. So hot tip Caleb Hall on Twitter, who noticed the little anomaly there and took the whole photo and found out that what was blacked out is a timestamp. What's the timestamp? 8-19-2015 at five o'clock in the morning. 2015. Joe, who was the president in 2015? Gosh, who was that? Yes, it was Barack Obama. Now, again, showing you liberals like this uh, actress 
who has, they have no principles at all. They My were like, goodness. supposedly their principle, just so we're clear, because we like to hey. argue on a level playing field here. We're trying to advance a set of ideas. So I want to know what your principles are. I can tell you what mine are, whether they are about taxes or school choice. We should be able to debate those ideas, get into a little friction match here, and figure mm-hmm. out which idea is better. Is school choice better than top-down government education? Are lower tax rates better than higher tax rates? What rates are we talking about? My entire point in doing stories like this is to show you that it's impossible to argue with liberals because liberals largely, many of them, don't have principles to argue against. Follow me. This is important. This is not just about a timestamp. Right, right. This is the issue here, folks. I can't argue that school choice is better or worse if it's only better or worse to you depending on who the president is. You tracking me? This is an easy sure. one. Either parents yeah. should pick where their kids go to school or not. I don't care who the president is for me to advocate that position. I am a firm believer in school choice. Parents know better what's for their kids. It doesn't matter to me who gets on my team there. If you're a Democrat, welcome on the school choice train. If you're a Republican, welcome back. I don't care. It's a principle. I are. Liberals don't have principles. The actress who put this up, her alleged principle is that giving people a foil blanket and asking them to sleep on the floor in an immigration facility is somehow torture, ignoring how they got here. And the government did not bring this problem on. People who come here illegally do. Forget about that part for a minute. But her point in a tweet is that's torture. But notice, it happened under your Obama administration mm-hmm. and this actress, it was largely radio silent. Nothing. So I thought your principles were housing people like this who come here illegally is torture. So where was the media when it happened under Obama? Now, be careful here because Mm -hmm. liberals like to claim in a rebuttal. I like to give you the argument and the rebuttal. Oh, that's just what about ism. And your response, in other words, Uh, you you uh, saying, uh, well, uh, what about Obama when he did it? Your response should be, of course it is. Because we're what aboutism is what about principles? I'm trying to nail you down mm-hmm. on what the principle you're arguing is. Is the principle you're arguing that this is bad? I'm asking you then as a follow-up, if it's awful and torture, where were you when it happened in the Obama years? Where? Oh, you were nowhere. I know where I was on the Patriot Act when George Bush was president. I was against it. I didn't care that it was George Bush because I cared about the principles. And so do you libertarians and conservatives and principled people. We don't care who the president is, but liberals don't have that. Again, a large swath of liberals, especially the radicals, they'll attack the police at the drop of a hat. But then all of a sudden, when we have this police state attack on Donald Trump, where he spied on with this weaponized government, what do they do, Joe? They love it. Yeah, I man. thought you guys didn't like government spying. Now all of a sudden it's great because they attacked your political opponent. Ladies and gentlemen, they are total, complete frauds. Again, hat tip to Caleb Hall for pointing that out. Um, quick disclosure, by the way, I do some business with Caleb as well, just so you know. Um, not that that matters towards his tweet. and I, Nobody gets preference on the show for any reason. It's just a good tweet. But one other point to bring up on this. It's interesting that the tweet that the actress sent out with the Barack Obama torture photos, air quotes, received something in the neighborhood of tens of thousands of retweets. Yet Caleb's correction only got a fraction of that. 
And it goes to show you again <laughs> oh. how, ladies and gentlemen, lib- right, right, liberals yeah. are constantly lying to you. Constantly. It's disgusting. You have to learn. It reminds me of that Arendt comment we brought up yesterday, how these, the danger of these constant lies is not that you'll believe the lies. It's that nobody knows what the truth is anymore. Because this is what liberals do. This is the real danger we're running into. Okay, Um, I'm going to hit this quickly because you're going to see it all over the news today. It's been all over Twitter and I like to provide unique content. Uh, I don't want to provide stuff you can get on the just on the news anywhere else. But it is worth addressing. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, the, you know, attacks on Trump continue. There is an author who put out a book, Jean Carroll. In the book, she made some very serious allegations uh, that Donald Trump raped her in a room Mm -hmm. a long time ago in a in a in a in a mall or something like that. I'm sorry. It was in a, it, it been some type of a mall or a clothing store. Um, the story was never reported to police. It obviously had a bunch of red flags on it, but Gene Carroll was on CNN last night with Anderson Cooper. Um, folks, some of these comments, listen, if you have kids listening, you may want to yeah. kind of, it, you, it, it's about a very serious thing. So I'll give you a second here. If you had some kids, you may want to just turn us down. Last, the comments last about a minute. So we'll play the comments and uh, we'll come out of this on the other side and talk about it. You don't feel like a victim. I was not thrown on the ground and ravished. Which the word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not. This was not sexual. For it just it it hurt. It just what it just you know. Well, I think most people think of rape as a. I mean, it is a violent. Assault. It is not. I think sexual. most people think of rape as being sexy. Mm. Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasies. Mm. We're just going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. You're fascinating to talk to. Hmm. <laughs> what? Hmm. Uh. Hmm. Uh, um. Okay. Uh, no uh, is my first response to that. That is not what most people think um, about rape. Okay, moving on. I don't even know what this is. That is the craziest thing I have ever heard. On Do you see Anderson Cooper? You see his face? He's yeah, looking I, I, like, yeah, yeah, get the commercial, yeah, yeah, because yeah. this is insane. We, yeah. right? we cannot put this out. Right. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, this is CNN. Sadly, you know, I'm not going to take cheap pot shots at them, mm. but they, they, they earn it sometimes. They had Avenatti on, the creepy porn lawyer, who was clearly not a credible person. For months, they made him a pseudo-celebrity. Now, clearly, without vetting uh, Jean Carroll's comments, she goes on the air to say that rape is sexy. Um, Jean, I'm really... Uh, I'm pretty confident in this. I've never been more confident anything I'm going to say on my show. You're talking about human beings who've had their lives changed forever by a very serious, violent crime. I'm really confident when I tell you the first word that comes to their mind is not sexy. Mm. 
inter- I was a cop. Interview someone for, before you go off on the air and say some stupid like that. That is not the first word that comes to people's minds. All right, moving on. I, I wanted to get to this story. There's so much going on. Um, you know, we haven't covered a lot. Yeah, I only cover stuff when there's breaking news. I don't need to kind of constantly promote old material. But there was an interesting, fascinating break yesterday in the Mike Flynn case, ladies and gentlemen. This thing has taken a... I mean, you want to talk about a Dwight Gooden curveball. So Mike Flynn gets a new lawyer, Sidney Powell, who is terrific, super aggressive. And there's a piece of this court transcript that is making a whole bunch of people that at Technofog account on Twitter, conservative treehouse guys, uh, Jeff Carlson and others, people who've been following this case, me for a long time, people are scratching their head, head scratching going, what the heck? Hmm. There's something going on in this Flynn case that speaks to a bigger theory I've been putting out there for a long time about why this is not about Trump, the whole Spygate thing. All right. Our last sponsor, I'll get to that in a second. Last sponsor of the day. Hey, are you a man or woman over 40 worried about your blood pressure? I know I am. Heart, flact, Heart Factors Plus is a new natural formula that boosts nitric oxide levels, which naturally maintains healthy blood pressure levels and boosts libido and performance for men safely. And naturally, it's true. Both your blood pressure and performance are linked to better blood flow and circulation. Dozens of clinical studies prove it. (laughs) Heart Factors Plus works for tens of thousands of men and women to support healthy blood pressure, support energy production, and maintain healthy functions. Call now to try Heart Factors Plus risk-free. For a limited time, get a free bottle with your order and faster results than you ever thought possible or your money back. No questions asked. Just go to heartfactorsplus.com. That's heartfactorsplus.com. Mention my name and receive a free bottle of the brand new Coenzyme Q10 and fish oil formula just for trying Heart Factors today. Just go to heartfactorsplus.com. That's heartfactorsplus.com. Heartfactorsplus.com. Go check it out. Get those nitric oxide levels up. You need them for healthy functions area of your body. Check it out. Heartfactorsplus.com. Mention Bongino. Get a free bottle with your order. Check that out. Okay. So what the heck is going on with the Mike Flynn case? So he gets this new lawyer, Sidney Powell. She's terrific. She is really going for the going for the gold a bit here. And in this court proceeding, by the way, hat tip Technofog. Someone asked me what the Twitter account was for Technofog. I try to recommend good accounts. It's at Techno T E C H N O underscore Fog. Very very good information on there. I got this screen cap from them of a transcript of Sidney Powell in court arguing on behalf of Mike Flynn. There is a line in here that is going to bake your bagels. So they're going back and forth. And Sidney Powell says at the start, she goes, listen, I'm, I need a, I'm, I'm, tra- I'm, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. She's asking the judge for access to some classified information. She's saying, I may need some kind of a classification here. So the judge goes on and says, well, notwithstanding the government's representations. In other words, the judge says, well, what do you need access to? The, the, basically, the, the prosecutors prosecuting Flynn have already given you this stuff. Sidney Powell says back, well, that's with regards to what they produced. Listen to this line. <laughs> this is key. There is other information. Oh, there is. So the judge, oh, 
all right, um, now you've piqued the government's interest, the judge says. Now, the other lawyer says, Your Honor, again, I'm not in terms of the information the government produced. There's nothing that the government produced as classified. And so I mean to the extent, and then the, the judge says back to basically the DOJ rep, but you'd like to know what the other information is too. Like, right? Mm. What is the other information? So we know what Mike Flynn was prosecuted for. Lieutenant General Mike Flynn, Donald Trump's former national security advisor, was prosecuted for uh, misstatements to the FBI about his call with the Russian ambassador. Just a little background. How does the FBI know that Mike Flynn got some information or some had made some misstatements about his call with the Russian ambassador? Because according to Democrat FBI media lore, Joe, Mm-hmm. That call was unmasked. This is an important detail. Don't miss this. What we've been told the whole time is that, well, we monitor the Russians' communications. Mike Flynn was talking to the Russian ambassador, Kislyak. And as a result of that, we just caught up Mike Flynn. You following, Joe, in this mm-hmm. surveillance dragnet yeah. that's just normal SOP, yeah, standalone yeah. stand right, operating procedure, right, yeah. and we unmasked Mike Flynn's name. In other uh-huh. words, they'll get, a, they'll get a transcript of it. It'll say, um, American number one. And to unmask uh-huh. it, or whatever it reads, it's, but his name is, is, a, a, is kept anonymous. The Obama administration can then, quote, unmask it, and that's how they found out it was Flynn. That's the story we've been told. Well, what's strange about that? Well, there's a record of these unmasking attempts. In other words, if Mike Flynn was just caught up in routine surveillance of so of oh, Soviet, uh, I got this Chernobyl thing in my head still, <laughs> of Russian officials, Joe, and it was just incidental. In other words, no worries here. We just got Flynn because we were listening to the Russians. We weren't targeting Mike Flynn. Right. Well, if that's the case, hat tip to the conservative treehouse guys to point into this video here. Then why was it in this 2017 hearing when Lindsey Graham grills Sally Yates and Jim Clapper, former DOJ official involved in the in the pushing of the prosecution of Mike Flynn and Jim Clapper, who was running the intelligence community under Obama? Why are Yates and Clapper so worried about answering the question? I'm going to play this video. Please watch this. This is damning. If Mike Flynn was really unmasked and wasn't targeted, was just caught up in this, there would be a record of a request a request to unmask his name and who did it. But if that's the case, why can't Jim Clapper or Sally Yates answer an innocent question about the record of the unmasking when Lindsey Graham asked him? Play this cut. The reason you knew it wasn't true is because she had collected some intelligence from an incidental collection system. Is that fair to say? And I can't answer that because that, again, would call me for me to reveal classified. Let me ask you this. Did anybody ever make a request to unmask the conversation between the Russian ambassador and Mr. Flynn? And again, Senator, I can't answer a question like Mr. that that Clapper, would call for you know classified that information. The case? I don't. I, Is I, there I, a way to find that out? Uh, well, in another setting, uh, it could be discussed. But there is a record somewhere of who sure. would make a request to unmask the conversation with General Flynn and the Russian ambassador. Well, I'm sh- uh, if one was made, there'd be a record of it. I, d- I can't speak to this specific case, but I can generally comment that in the case of 702 requests, yes, uh, those are all documented. Mm. Interesting. So yeah. Clapper 
who always, always, Jim Clapper, who's got a, a an interesting way of detaching himself from the Spygate scandal completely. Now, so you have a history behind him and why he's so evasive all the time. Clapper also was asked at one point, I believe it was by Chuck Todd and MSNBC. Mm-hmm. He was also asked, hey, if there was a FISA warrant, would you know about it? Remember, we've played this cut yeah. on the show many times. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'd know about it. But was there a FISA warrant? No, there wasn't. This guy has this way of surgically detaching himself from this case. Yes, there was a FISA warrant, and of course he knew about it. Here he is again, suggesting two opposite things like he did in the FISA warrant line. Yes, if there was a FISA warrant, I would know about it. No, there wasn't a FISA. Well, one of those things isn't true because there was a FISA warrant. On this one, this is amazing. He says, Lindsey Graham, who again, clearly knows something's up. Graham says to him, well, Mike Flynn was really unmasked and was just caught up in this incidental collection. There's a record, right, Mr. Clapper? Oh, there would be. Well, you know, can we get that? Well, I can't talk about that here. And Clapper throws in this little caveat here. He goes, well, you know, in this specific case, I don't know anything about that. This guy doesn't know anything about anything ever because he knows something's up. Why not just say the truth? Yes, if there was a if an unmasking request for Mike Flynn, there would be a record of it. And yes, I, Jim Clapper, as the director of the National Intelligence Community, would know about it because he understands his own personal liability in this. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, we wrapped my second book, Exonerated. If, if you don't mind, I hate plugging my own stuff, but um, it's out for pre-order now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and elsewhere. We lay out a cast of characters and potential motives. Clapper is knee-deep in this whole thing. They won't answer the question, Sally Yates, former DOJ official, or Clapper, the uh, National Intelligence Director. They won't answer the question for the simple reason they're under oath and they don't want to put themselves on the hook because... What if Mike Flynn was not unmasked? Think about that. What if everything we've been told about this case, and this part is in my second book, which I already finished, so we were kind of hat tip 279 for this, for kind of pushing me in this direction. You know what I'm talking about. He had some other information. It's not the first time I'm hearing this. What if Mike Flynn was not unmasked? Well, a lot of you out there are very smart at listening, saying, well, How did they get a hold of Mike Flynn's words over the phone to the Russian ambassador then if he wasn't caught up in this surveillance dragnet due to unmasking? Ladies and gentlemen, what if Mike Flynn was targeted the whole time? What if Mike Flynn was being spied on too? Oh, oh, now do you see why I keep telling you Uh this is not Trump gate? This is not even Russiagate. This is Spygate. Uh-huh. It is about the Obama administration's ruthless weaponization of intelligence tools to spy on political opponents. Mike Flynn was hated by Obama. He was an opponent of the Iran deal. It was Obama's signature foreign policy achievement, treaded air quotes, right? Mike Flynn was hated by him. Didn't you... I mean, did you not pick up on this? That the one guy Obama warns Trump about, warns him about, and says, be careful about this guy, is Mike Flynn? They hated Flynn. 
What if he wasn't unmasked? What if he was being spied on, potentially using a FISA warrant the entire time? Now, again, hat tip the conservative treehouse guys who picked out this text. This is a fascinating text exchange between the FBI investigator who interviews uh, Mike Flynn in January of 2017. It says, pardon the language here, but He's talking about this is the same date of that Lindsey Graham uh, video. The same date. He says F, uh, F, F with an exclamation point. You get the point. Yes. Clapper and Yates through Graham questions are all playing it into the quote. There should be an unmasking request record for incidental collection. Incorrect narrative. Let me read that again. He's mm-hmm. talking about Clapper and Yates answering the question I just played for you on video and audio there. How they can't answer where where this unmasking request is, and he calls it an incorrect narrative. This is Peter Stroke, the guy who investigated Mike Flynn. Hat tip to the treehouse guys for pointing that out. Gosh, that's a fascinating text on the same day as that hearing. What's incorrect about the unmasking narrative? Ladies and gentlemen. As we indicate in portions of my second book, there are parts of these conversations with Flynn that do not appear in that Kislyak thing. Either Flynn gave them up in cooperation, which appears unlikely because he couldn't recall the details of his Kislyak conversation. It's even more unlikely he would recall the specific details of later conversations or someone was listening to Mike Flynn. Let me explain to you and tie this up. And we've got to move on to one last story. Now does the leak to David Ignatius in the Washington Post about the Flynn conversation and the alleged unmasking. Now does it make sense? Some key upper level FBI official with a deep familiarity with the monitoring and spying on of Mike Flynn. It appears clearly leaked in what is it, February of 2017 to David Ignatius of the Washington Post. Sensitive information about his calls to get out there in advance that Flynn was unmasked. Why would the FBI and the Spygate colluders want the public, Joe? Why would they want them to think Flynn was just caught up in incidental dragnet surveillance of Russians? Why? Because they did not want you to know about the bigger scandal. It was not incidental. It's clear now, clear that the Obama administration was spying on Flint. It even talks about it. Um, There are portions of the Mueller report where they even address this. How the government had the FBI had a targeted investigation against Mike Flynn. Folks, how many people were they spying on? Now, I want to propose to you a theory here that's been going around on by certain people who I think are very knowledgeable about the case. I was contacted by someone who kind of pitched this as well. Folks, there are these FARA laws, Foreign Agency Registration, Foreign Agent Registration Act. In other words, if you lobby, if Joe Armacost wants to lobby for a foreign mm-hmm. government, he has to register as a, in a sense, a foreign, in essence, a foreign lobbyist. Was the Obama administration on the foreign policy front using FARA and the FARA laws 
to spy on political opponents who were not, in fact, agents of a foreign government by definition, but were simply opponents of their foreign policy. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. They were using what should have been either a civil remedy, hey, just go register, we're going to find you, mm-hmm. to get spying warrants to spy on people who were lobbying on behalf of foreign policy decisions the Obama administration didn't like. Was Mike Flynn part of this? Folks, Donald Trump's presidency is and his, and his spying on of his campaign and presidency is a small portion of this. This is an enormous scandal. Was Flynn spied on using a FISA warrant simply because he opposed the Iran deal with the predicate being his failure to register as a foreign agent because of contacts with Russians and Turkish administration officials? You understand how big this is, this story? It is explosive. Think about that. Now, does that make sense? Sidney Powell's uh, Mm -hmm. comments to the judge? There may be other information. What other information? Why does the government lawyer to the judge not want to give it up? May I suggest to you that that other information, Joe, may be other phone calls that were monitored? How were they monitored? I thought he was just unmasked and it was part of an incidental collection when he was talking to Russians. How were his other conversations on tape too? Hmm, interesting how they may have gotten those. Stay tuned. Let's see what that other information is. All right. Last story of the day. You know, uh, we talked before about liberals, how they love to lie to you. It's sad. I wish it weren't the case because I really do enjoy principled arguments and back and forth. Uh, things got a little heated last night on Ingram between me, me and Chris Hahn. I don't I don't like what so, you know, listen, I can go back and forth with Chris all the time, but I'm really not a big fan of when people kind of use like degrading personal language. So I had to, you know, I had to go back at him pretty hard, but uh, that's a side note, but liberals, they constantly lie to you and present misinformation as fact. And it drives me crazy. So one of the stories I, I, I follow repeatedly, it's been an ongoing theme of the show for the last three years is if liberal policies are so effective and the liberals that vote for them genuinely enjoy the outcomes from these policies, you would think they would want to be subjected to living under those policies as well. It's not a difficult argument to make. It's actually very (laughs) common sense. Yeah, I say this because, and I think it's one of the, not necessarily unique. I mean, Ben Shapiro lives in, uh, I believe, Los Angeles. So he lives in a liberal state. But living in and growing up in New York and Maryland, uh, and spending a lot of my adult life in Maryland, very liberal states, where Joe is now, by the way, mm-hmm. you understand what it's like to live in a state where radical leftists run everything from the top down. You yeah. see the ridiculous policies. I was a police officer in New York, thankfully, um, under the Giuliani administration, where they, you know, they clean things up for a while. But you see what the Dinkins years and liberals do to these places. But it's just a common sense question to ask. If you're a liberal and you vote for liberalism, why don't you want to live under liberalism? So I saw this story at the Hill by Kristen Tate. It's an interesting one. I'll put it in the show notes. I encourage you to read it because it speaks to this ongoing theme in their show. Which, why are these liberals evacuating these states in troves? From the Hill, Kristen Tate. As the wealthy flee New York, the poorest will be the most affected. It talks about 
how upwards of 46% of the people leaving New York right now are people who make $150,000 or more, Joe. In other words, people who are successful, making money, earning money, adding value, they're the ones fleeing. And as they flee, they take their tax dollars with them, leaving the tax burden to finance these liberal policies, leaving it to middle class folks and lower income folks. Mm -hmm. In other words, it is the very liberal policies, again, that are damaging these people. And I ask a common sense question you should always pose to your liberal friends. Why is it that the tax base, the income, the people who are making and earning money in states like New York and California are evacuating these states in mass and the tax base is rapidly expanding? in places like Texas and Florida, which are run largely by conservatives. Why is that? It's a simple question. Now, I'll give you their response because I know what it is. Their response is always going to be, well, people leave states for all kinds of reasons. Yes, I get it. Point stipulated. But when you ask people in these polls what the number one reason they're leaving is, a plurality of folks will answer they're leaving because of the tax burden and the bad business environment. You can't have it both ways. Either the reasons matter and the other reasons, or they don't. So if 10% say they're leaving for a job, Joe, an opportunity, and then Mm -hmm. 25% say they're leaving because the business environment is terrible and the taxes are too high, why does the other reason matter, but the 25% of the people who are leaving because of the taxes, why do they not? In other words, if liberalism is so wonderful, (laughs) why are people evacuating? Now, Here's what's fascinating about how these liberal states, they can't possibly continue. Look at these numbers from Kristen Tate's piece. In the Big Apple, the tax burden on high earners is onerous. The local government relies solely on the top 10% for over 70% of the tax uh, tax revenue, with the top 1% of taxpayers paying more than the bottom 90% combined. Any efforts to assist the most needy individuals are heavily dependent on the city keeping its reputation as a driver of the national economy. The accelerating outflow of middle class and upper class residents will no doubt tarnish that. As steep declines in revenue hit, spending cuts will burden the urban poor rather than the bureaucrats. Ladies and gentlemen, a final note on this. I grew up in New York. I have obviously a bond with with the place. Matter of fact, I was looking at my own... I'm not going to give you my exact address, but I used to live on, uh, only because other people live there now and it you know, wouldn't be responsible to put their address out there. But I used to live on 64th Place in Glendale. It's a long road. I lived in a couple different spots on there. Um, and it was interesting. I was pulling up a Google Maps the other day and uh, I saw what's there now where I used to live at uh, on, off Myrtle Avenue there too. That's but we used to own a bar there. And it's really, you know, it's it's, it's it's sad to see New York hasn't changed much at all. Um, you know, it really hasn't. It's it's a shame. You know, New York is such a wonderful place with a lot of great people. I met some of the finest people I'll ever meet in my life in New York, but gosh, it's government. It is absolutely ravaging the place. I've been going to Manhattan for a very long time. Now, you know, you come to Florida, there's this booming business environment. There are, I mean, you, you can't, there's a housing going up all over the place. You go to a neighborhood six weeks later, it looks completely different. I mean, when we moved down here, what was it, four or five years ago? It was only a one-lane road in front of my house. Now it's like a, a two- or three-lane road on both sides because the traffic got so high because people moved down here. 
It's really a shame what happened in New York, folks. It's a shame. And they are driving that place into the ground. And you're driving away the most successful people, value creators in your state that are both creating jobs, wealth, and prosperity for the people in your state. You're driving them away and they're taking their income with them. And you're going to see this get worse. You are essentially going to see over the next, I think, decades, you are going to see two Americas and the political divide is going to get even worse and worse. You're going to see conservative states with limited government good business environments and powerful individuals and individual rights. And you're going to see these liberal states that are increasingly the domains of the super uber wealthy that don't care, the Beverly Hills crowd. And then you're going to see places like in LA and certain streets and places like Skid Row where the economy is entirely collapsing. It's become effectively a third world type place. It is really sad to watch. I go back to New York and it's devastating to see sometimes. There are neighborhoods that have not changed one bit. In 40 years, not one bit. I go to my grandmother's. It has not changed a bit. Not a bit. What? What? I can't hear you. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Paul, we got to open your mic. <laughs> I go to my grandmother's place in Jackson Heights. I'll leave you with this. Sorry, I don't mean to. But the elevator is the exact same. The elevator's the same it's been for the last 40 years. Change the elevator, man. I hope you change those (laughs) cables. Change the elevator. There you go. That is our mantra for the against liberalism. Hashtag change the elevator. Change the elevator, libs. Sheesh. Change the elevator in this house we got before you change the elevator in that apartment (laughs) complex. All right, folks, thanks a lot for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe to our video show, youtube.com slash Bongino. The subscribers really matter. Helps people find us. No thanks to YouTube and Google, which apparently are suppressing conservative content. Also find us on Apple Podcasts um, and uh, iHeartRadio and SoundCloud. The subscriptions to the show are free. They help us move up the charts. And uh, listen, yesterday, one quick correction. That segment from yesterday's show, which went nuclear with uh, Navel Ravenkant, was from the Joe Rogan show. It was one of the episodes in the early thousands. So uh, I didn't realize that at the time it didn't have a lot of indicators on it, but it was from the Joe Rogan show. So check out yesterday's show too. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24 seven at D Bongino.